This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is October 19th, 2020. Me and my boy Luke Sylvia, you thought we were dead. We're not. We're not. We're here. We're back. We're here. We had babies. We're we tired. Ha- we have had babies. We've so, had well, babies. not us personally, but our wives have babies. Which, by the way, Let them that know. experience is insane. I told like, you. It, insane. Like, I, I couldn't have imagined it before. Uh, your emotions, it's a balance of everything. Like, your emotions, you're kind of in awe of, like, what you're, like, witnessing. Uh, and then a baby comes out that it's looks like, an episode of like a mix Planet. between you and your wife, but, like, you really don't know who they look like because they look like an alien because they just came out. Oh, so, man. you know, they're all powdered up. I don't know. But it's... Uh, it looks like powder, but it's not. It's like some, It's like some placenta cheese or something. Right, which they say, by the way, uh, for health reasons that, you, you know... Some that they prefer that you leave it on there for right. a little while before you clean them off. Yep, I don't understand any of that. Um, yeah, that's they got that's hair in all kinds of weird places. It's yeah, I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, um, it's the mir- but, the, the miracle of life. Yeah, and you know we've got um, the first set of grandparents that will meet her are here right now. Uh, so that's been nice having and two other sets of hands to help us. I didn't realize how much it would help us, but it has helped us a lot. Uh, Why do you think my mom lives with me, bro? Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. That's true. You you it's do have move. a built-in other set of hands oh, at yeah. your house. Very helpful. Wow, I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, um, but yeah, man. I everything is everything's good over here. Since we last spoke, um, on the podcast, a lot of a lot has happened. I don't remember if we had even recorded before the final started, or like when the finals were going on. Did we? No, we we. I don't think we did. I think. Um, the last time that we talked, I'm pretty sure um, Miami was still in the middle of that series um, with the Celtics. I think oh, Miami yeah. might have been down like 3-2 at that point or up 3-2. I don't really remember. But um, the Lakers had closed out the Nuggets series. But, um, you know, since we started the podcast in February of last year, uh, mm-hmm. we never missed a Monday. We never missed an episode. But Luke and I, if you've had kids – you understand we just had so much going on. Luke has been adjusting to the first, and we, yeah. my wife and I have been adjusting to having two. So yeah. um, a lot of energy drinks, a lot of coffee. Um, I mean, you got you Luke got me I on the thing at 2 a.m. It's like, true. It's hey, true. my kid's I, not sleeping as yours. Yeah, yeah, like you up. And I know that if I text you at 2, you're probably going to reply to me maybe a couple hours later or an hour later or right then. So, I mean, it's kind of – it's crazy that like there's so many people up throughout the whole universe. I know this is really, kind of ridiculous. I'm saying this. So many people up throughout like the whole like universe that are not the universe, the world. Sorry, that's stupid of me. Um, I mean, hey, maybe hey, depends on what you know. believe in. Hey. Hey, there could be alien babies. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but there's you know people all over the world that are just grinding it out, being a parent of a newborn. And I have so much respect now for for you for being a dad. I have more respect for myself. Your uh, parents, right? You're like, man. I, yeah, my parents. I don't know. They all held it down. I mean, I looked at Lauren the other day and was like, they, they, 
you're telling me they decide they they do this again right like we go again round yeah. two. Oh yeah and like lauren and i have already decided we want three so yep. i guess i'm gonna have to keep reminding myself that when we have these sleepless nights uh but no i mean it's incredible uh harper herself is perfect you can't tell me otherwise i don't know if she's ever gonna mess up in her life um and she's beautiful so i mean like it it is truly incredible to to enter fatherhood and join so many other you know guys that that run that race as well i mean it's it's really remarkable it is really remarkable um i can definitely tell you uh with the almost two-year-old they will they will mess up (laughs) they will they will but you still you still love them all the same and everything like that but it's definitely an awesome thing it's definitely a wonderful thing but just kind of wanted to update you guys didn't think you know i didn't want you guys to think we just kind of went a wall but um just kind of it this year has just been a grind i think we can all kind of attest to that we can all relate to that um you know i brought luke onto the podcast in in early mid-march with you know all the intentions of talking about the last month and a half of you know regular season orlando magic basketball and then getting into the playoffs Mm. and like within days the season came to a halt so you know the the three and a half like four months that we went without basketball luke and i still turned out episodes every single monday um just the grind to you know come up with episodes then um and then the magic's playoffs was you know pretty short-lived um so not being able to talk orlando magic basketball and and really just the grind of of the year you know recently you know myself starting like a small business with my brothers um and just you know just been that and getting ready to have a kid and you know luke you know kind of up in the air with you know college sports and and what was going to happen you know with him personally and everything like that just been a heck of a year and then you throw a kid into the mix and i think luke and i just need a little bit of a breather but listen we're back and we're I ready mean, to talk some basketball we we went through the dinwiddie cup we went yeah. through just countless episodes where it was like what are we yo what are we doing and what, what are we, are we talking and, about we had yeah. to map everything out because there wasn't uh, the the news cycle in sports was not popping at all during that time frame. So it was um, the opposite of popping. I am thankful that now though we can we can talk about you know you know the the finals, the Lakers beating the Heat. We can talk about um, football going on right now. Aaron Rodgers taking the beating of a lifetime from the goat. Holy Good cow! Grief. Yeah, um, we, uh, yeah. We cannot, I mean, it, what are we doing betting against Tom Brady? You should never do that. Yeah, um, we did. Whoever, yeah, you shouldn't, but but, we but did. sometimes you you do mess up. Um, so yeah, man. Hey, I mean, what, what did I tell you about the Steelers? Though I told you that was going to happen. Oh, I mean, it was. I feel like I mean, everybody. You, you but, jumped in on it, but when I when I told you earlier in the week I was betting against this, betting against the Browns, you're like, I don't know about that one. It's true. And I was like, look, you know, I felt like that was a month ago. By the way, that was like four days ago. I can't believe that. Yeah, I think subconsciously I remembered it when I came back and like was going through the slate, because um, I don't remember anything from like two days ago and before. Well, when um, you don't sleep, that's that's what happens. Yeah. So yeah, no, they took care of business over in Pittsburgh. I mean, they're kind of dangerous. Ben I, I, has I, never lost to the Browns at home. So whenever next season when you guys are betting the Steelers, just remember Big Ben has never ever ever lost to the Browns at home. Never He's will. like twenty four two and one against the Browns all time at this point. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. It is, even though it is the Browns, it is impressive. Yeah, hey, you beat anybody, you know, twenty four out of twenty seven times. It's pretty, yeah, pretty. Solid. Chances are you're just better. Um, 
but yeah, man. Uh, I don't know what what you want to jump into first, Jonathan. But I mean, uh, I mean, I would. I mean, do, ju- you, I mean do you want to talk? Look, you want to? Do you want to talk about what they don't want to talk about? I, well, I want to talk about what you might not want to talk about. Is you pick oh. the Clippers, I pick the Lakers to win it all <laughs> at the beginning. Just you, saying. Listen. No, listen. We, nobody could have uh, foreseen the <laughs> ultimate choke job that the the Clippers should have throw out. There. I should have, Jonathan. The Clippers had made have then they, they don't make it out of the second round. They just don't. It doesn't matter if they have MJ. Uh, if they have LeBron, maybe they make it out of the second round. I don't know. Hey, but, we're gonna talk about that. You know. But but I I mean I can't believe you picked against the King. That's that's what happened. I didn't believe in the guys around him. I still no, kind of don't. I still don't. I still I don't. S- I still don't think. I mean, that's gotta. Be, it's gotta be one of the worst teams LeBron has been on, right? Like, aside from the Cavs, they took a, to the finals the first time around with Daniel Booby Gibson. Uh, I would say um, twenty eighteen Cavs. You know, weren't really that great. I mean, you can you can talk about you know the twenty eighteen Cavs getting swept in the finals by the you know Kevin Durant led Golden State Warriors. I mean. Apart from like the three to one series, you know, coming back against the Warriors in 2016, winning the championship. Still don't know how he did that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, even this year, you know, basically a year-long season, end up winning the entire thing. Um, yeah. You can put that 2018, you know, the, the that team making the finals is absolutely incredible. I think they went to like seven games uh, with the Pacers, uh, swept or or beat the Raptors in four or five games after the Raptors, one of the best teams in the league that year, went seven Mm. games with the Boston Celtics. Um, LeBron just popped off that entire, you know, run to the finals. Game one scores 51 points uh, before J.R. Smith happens. So for me, you can put that, you know, 2018 run to the finals up there with LeBron's, you know, greatest achievements ever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But Which will uh, get vastly overlooked because he went and got – well, I mean, wouldn't it have been so much better if he, you know, got like swept by like the Celtics or or the Pistons like in the first you, round? Wouldn't that would be so think, much better? I mean, that's what everybody think tells that me. That would be a positive. You would, on his, you think on his that resume. really would because because it, Jonathan, you know, when you really think about it, that means there's not another L on his finals resume. Exactly. So losing so in really, the first round is way better. Losing in the first round is incredible. Um, really, a feat that should be celebrated. Uh, you know, but that's just what it is. We're so. being very facetious here, but the funny thing is, is that like Luke and I, one hundred percent can understand people making cases for Michael Jordan being the greatest player of all time, yeah. right? Like we get it. The animosity comes from the people that look at LeBron and the body of work that he has compiled up to this point, and then just completely dismiss it. And then the funniest thing, Luke, was was this: all season long, it's oh well, you know, LeBron needs more championships if he wants to get closer to to Michael Jordan, and yeah. then. In six games, the Lakers win the championship. LeBron wins another ring, and you turn to those people and say, all right, does this bring him closer to Jordan? Nope. How does that make any sense? You want to argue the rings, adds another ring to the, to the hand, but it doesn't bring him any closer. It just goes to show you, and this has been my theory for like eight or nine years now, even before we started to make the case about LeBron James being the GOAT, um, is that people just have Michael Jordan up on this pedestal, and no matter what happens, they will not allow him to be um, supplanted from that. Yeah, no I think the, what LeBron does. The craziest thing is, uh, so like you said, I recognize like you could make a case for Michael Jordan. There's a great case. He built a great case. Um, the thing that gets me is the people who don't know anything. 
they're they're the people that haven't really watched basketball in 10, 15, 20 years that are telling me, oh, well, Michael you know, Jordan. I mean, what do you mean, Luke? They watch <laughs> six or seven finals games every year when they're watching LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like, mean oh, they don't watch basketball? Oh, he lost. Every time that I watch LeBron, he loses. And yeah, it's like, exactly. Okay, so can you please, like, let's talk statistics. And then you start talking statistics with them, and they're like, no, 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 but, but, but six rings is – but six rings. Oh, and, and it's six like, and no. Oh. Also, here's the other thing. People love to do this. I let me get on my soapbox as if I am not already. Get up there, Papa. They. I heard this the other day. Someone said, "Do you see LeBron is like almost the the leader and all of the NBA in turnovers? So that's what they lead with, right? They say this. Then they say, Michael Jordan's not up there. Okay, no. Here's a couple things here. Number one, LeBron passes far more than Michael Jordan ever dreamed about. Far um, more opportunities to turn the ball over. Correct. So there, there's that. But there's also this. You say, okay, fine. Um, but have you checked the assist leaderboards for the NBA in total? And they say, well, well, uh, LeBron has just played so much longer. Okay, but he that's, that's also why it contributes to his turnovers, right? No, 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 no but that's different because – because they're turn like it's like what it's like because it's a negative stat on MJ's end you don't want to talk about it uh, when LeBron has more assists it's because he's played longer but when he has more turnovers it's just because he's trash he's not as good as Michael Jordan it's like can we please decide land somewhere use your same argument your same rubric for the argument regardless of the statistic if it comes up say it yeah stick LeBron to the syllabus all right it's true yeah so. That's it. That's really it. I just thought that was something that like really irks me uh, when it comes to basketball. It's like I don't understand. You're not using your same argument. Like you're not using the same guidelines. You're going off script, and it shows. Um, but regardless, I mean, if you have Michael Jordan as your goat, rest assured, I think you are kind of. You could say you're splitting hairs um, when it comes to those two. They are. They are one A, one B. No question. Um, it's just a matter of which one's A and which one's B. And for Jonathan and I, uh, as for me and my house, uh, oh, he's a. Oh, don't. No, he's you a. did not. You he's did a. not just bring <laughs> biblical, like, I don't even, like, you know what I'm saying. Some people out there don't know what I'm saying. Luke knows what I'm saying right now. And you did not just do that. That's, well. That's twice in the same. I saw the Judas meme, all right? That's twice that was, now. Twice in hilarious. two days. No, that's pretty that was, good. That's pretty. That good. was pretty funny. What what um, are, what are we doing if we if we can't have a little sense of humor and have a little bit of fun? You know what I mean? True. It's true. Now, but, not to turn this into us gushing over LeBron James. This is the last thing that I'll say. I could go on literally for hours with this. Not right? not for us to gush, but let us gush. Okay, we haven't recorded yeah. in a while. And but this is the thing. You know. The one the one blemish that I I will definitely allow you to you know LeBron needs to take right on the chin mm-hmm. is the 2011 mm-hmm. NBA Finals. It hurts. Right? Did not mm-hmm. show up. However, you cannot do that and then throw the 6-0 and thing in my face with Michael Jordan. Left for a year and a half, comes back, plays the last 17 games of the regular season for the Chicago Bulls, drops you know 50 in Madison Square Garden. Everyone's saying it's MJ's back, mm-hmm. averages 30 points a game in the playoffs, but loses to the Orlando Magic. Okay, Who you was can, it? Who who'd you say? The Orlando Magic, baby. That's, that's, that's what I like. That's uh-huh. right. You mm-hmm. can't. 
throw the 2011 NBA Finals in my face and then forget about Jordan losing to the Magic in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Okay? You just can't do it. He's well-established, right? He's he's in his career. I don't care what time he took off. That's on him. Um, by the way, that whole thing, I, it'll never make sense to me. Um, it doesn't make any sense. And But also, by the way, while we're praising the Magic, because I do love that, uh, Jonathan, who was the last team in the Eastern Conference to take down LeBron James? Since, who's, since then, he's been undefeated against every team in the East in the postseason? The Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic, that's right. Say our the Orlando name. Magic, I believe, because are... It is I believe the Orlando Magic are one of only two or possibly three teams in NBA history that have defeated both LeBron James and Michael Jordan um, in a playoff series. Yeah, I know. I know the. Um, I know the Celtics are up there. The Magic are up there, and it might be the Pistons. I don't remember if LeBron ever lost to the Pistons in a series. He might not have, but yeah. um, obviously, we all know about um, you know 2006. You know, Mike, uh, LeBron, good grief, I almost called him Michael Jordan. LeBron leading, you know, the, the Cavs to the NBA Finals, uh, you know, beating the Detroit Pistons and everything like that. That in itself is just one of those other feats like 2018 where he got them to the Finals. It is just, it's basically worth a ring in my opinion in itself. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Didn't play great in that 2006 Finals, but was, what, 22, 23 years old at the time. So, I mean, whatever. Anyways, enough about LeBron, but let's just talk about really quickly like what this means for the NBA, the Lakers winning the championship, Anthony Davis winning a ring, our boy Dwight Howard winning a ring. Let me ask you that, Luke. How do you how do you feel about that? I I feel great. Um I I don't get it. I don't get like why everybody's being so hostile about Dwight. I mean like I understand. No, I come on. I, you get I get it. it, but I don't get it. Um, solely for the reason that, like, whatever, man. Like, there's been so many NBA players that have made wrong decisions. Um, there's been so many NBA players that, that have done this and that. Um, but, I mean, it, Dwight has worked his whole, his whole career, like every other player, to get that ring. Doesn't matter how he did it. Actually, I'm really impressed that he really did play a part in getting that ring. It's not like he jumped on and then just, like, didn't do a thing. Um there's some players, as we know, that are on that Lakers roster that, like, you know, they just didn't do anything. Um, Dwight was able to step Chaos in there and be, a, be, and be a big body. Yeah, and so he was able to step in. Um, he's overcome a lot um, in terms of injury, back stuff, all, all of that. Mental stuff, I'm I'm sure. Social um, media scandals. Social media scandals. Uh, so nobody's perfect, and Dwight is definitely not the exception. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like, my one of my fondest memories of being a Magic fan is him taking our team to the NBA Finals. Like at the end of the day, and I just got chill saying that because I've not ever gone to the Finals in my lifetime that I remember. Right. So for Dwight to do that and take our team there, I don't care how what the result was. Here's another example. I don't think that loss in the finals blemishes Dwight's record. It actually improves it. Um, if you praise Dwight for taking your team to the finals, then you never, never, ever again use a finals loss against someone in their resume. <laughs> um, because Dwight did those things uh, for um, the city of Orlando and him and Van Gundy and the rest of that incredible team that I'll never forget. Um, I mean, those are the one of the most fun time in sports in my life. 
Um, and so uh, I'm happy for Dwight. I think that he, he deserves his championship. He's worked hard to get there. He's overcome a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for him overall, man. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm happy for Dwight. Um, I he- held on to the Dwight hate for as long as I possibly could. Um, and then, you know, seeing him, you know, struggle in all these other places, like, you know, the way that it ended in Houston and then, mm-hmm. you know, went to Atlanta and then to Charlotte. And then it's like, oh, this guy, like, you know, might be done. He might be out of the league. And then you just look at like the body of work, everything that he's done. I mean, guy basically averaged a, a double double for like 12 straight years. You know, what literally I mean? from his rookie, like it, it didn't stop. Like he never had not averaged a double double in the National Basketball Association until he started taking a reduction in minutes. That, and that's the only reason, too. I mean, so he he is, you know, when people talk about like, you know, the, the best players of like the last 15 to 20 years, like prime Dwight Howard, like is towards the top of that list. I don't I don't care, you know, how you want to argue it or whatever yeah. you want to say. Like you just look at the guy's accolades. We're talking about a guy who is an eight time all star, uh, three time defensive player of the year, the only player in NBA history to win that award back to back to back. And I'm going to count it right now. Um, double, double. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen straight seasons of averaging a double, double. And we're talking about not a, a single year did he average um, under 13 points per game. So at the very least, you're getting 13 and 10 out of a guy for 14 straight years. Like, and at the pinnacle of that, we're talking about a guy, you know, 22 points, 14 rebounds a game. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, and then 23 years old, leading a team, you know, to the NBA Finals. It, it's Insane. really just ridiculous. But um, like I said, seeing him bounce around to all these different teams the last few years, um, you almost start to, f- to feel kind of sorry for the guy, you know, seeing all the things that he's gone through and then, um, you know, transforms his body, uh, yeah. you know, switches his role uh, this year to, to play with the Los Angeles Lakers and help them obviously go on this run to a title, started a few games in the finals, um, which was kind of weird. Like they would start him like the first, he would play like 15 minutes and then just yeah. wouldn't see the floor basically in the entire second half. But, um, you know, during COVID when I started getting, like, the sports memorabilia stuff and I was like, hmm, I definitely – I wasn't – you know, I, I collect two things, Orlando Magic and the New York Giants. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to collect, I was like, uh, Odell Beckham stuff, as much as I loved him when he was here, that, that wound is still too open. I'm not ready to start collecting his stuff. But then I was like, Dwight Howard, I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. he might win a ring this year potentially. He's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, and that's another thing. If you want to argue that, just stop watching basketball because you're a moron. If you don't you, think Dwight Howard is going to be a Hall of Famer, you have no idea what you're talking about. No yeah, idea I, what you're talking I, about. Yeah, and before I had a kid and had free time, um, I would you know hop on the old social media, and if anyone was slandering Dwight, saying he wasn't a Hall of Famer, uh, I gladly would just list the statistics. That's all I had to do because people forget, and people forget – the crazy things like him averaging a double-double 14 years through his career. It wasn't like, yes, he dropped off after he left Orlando, um, but his career is still – it still holds up. It's still incredible. Um, and usually the thing is once I tell people his statistics, tell them the double-double statistic, uh, they they literally us- – they will usually say, good point. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot. Yeah, because you're letting yeah. your emotions get in the way. Uh 
of the facts. And the fact is, Dwight Howard is a Hall of Famer. Doesn't matter how you cut it. And he's now an NBA champion. And you can cry and your tears taste so sweet. Oh, my How's gosh. That? How's that? You got a little, you got a little that? into that. That's all right. But no, but I'm passionate this, about Dwight. I love I love that. I love I love Dwight um and and that he finally got his ring. Now, I mean like I I totally understand where people are coming from because what it comes down to is not that he left, it's how he left. Oh, yeah. It I mean, was it the the most graceful exit. Yeah. Oh, I you know, I want Stan Van Gundy fired. I don't want Stan fired. Where are you guys hearing from that? Oh, we heard that from Stan who said that he heard it from <laughs> management directly. Yeah. So, oh, well, you know, I I want to leave. Oh, I'm going to stay. Guess what, guys? I'm throwing a barbecue. I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, you know what? I want to be traded. You know what? I'm going to opt into the rest of the year. Oh, the magic kind of tricked me. I didn't realize what I was doing. I still want to be traded. And then he got traded, and basically our team has stunk ever since then. I think if there wasn't such a huge drop-off yeah. as far as overall team success, once he was traded, people wouldn't feel the same type of way. But the fact that he just – it wasn't really – it. I mean, it partly was Dwight, but what really screwed us – was the the desperate moves that Rob Hennigan made, you know, trying Boy. to keep Scott Skiles on board and then trying to keep his job there at the end. That's really what did us in. The first few years were rough. Don't get me wrong. They were going to be. Anytime you trade a superstar like that, it's going to get mm-hmm. rough for a little while. But it got really bad thanks to Rob Hennigan. So I understand where people are coming from with Dwight. But for me, again, when I started collecting the memorabilia and I was like, hmm, do I, do I get something for Dwight? I'm thinking this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I thought to myself, you know what? When he retires and he is inducted into the Hall of Fame, I will be glad that I have you know a, a few things from Dwight. I have a, a Dwight signed jersey. I have this huge painting from you know the the dunk over Tim Duncan with .8 seconds left. I have this huge painting um, of Dwight. You know that dunk that moment signed by mm-hmm. Dwight. I have a ball signed by the entire 0809 team, my favorite team in Orlando Magic history. So. I, I've forgiven Dwight, and I'm extremely happy for the guy that, that he was able to win a title. You see him after the game on Instagram Live, like, in tears, telling people, you know, don't give up on your dreams. All the Like, what, whatever you think about the guy, right, he doesn't seem like a, a terrible person, like the worst person ever. He's been through a lot, and for to be able to see that payoff for him was, was really, really cool. But, yeah, I think enough about Dwight. Um... Anthony Davis has now opted out. Obviously, he's going to re-sign with the Lakers. Seems like a few of their guys are opting out, like KCP. I think Rondo is. A few of those things. I think LeBron is definitely going to want Rondo back. But now, Mm -hmm. if you look at guys across the league, there's going to be like really limited money this season. There was going to be anyways with salary cap, just the way that you know all the situations across the league were looking. And now, with the decreased revenue from COVID and everything like that, definitely seems like there's going to be a lot of limited money. But the Lakers, now that they've won, obviously, the lore of the Lakers, Los Angeles, everything like that, I definitely think we're going to see a lot of people ring chasing. Where leading, you know, up to, you know, the playoffs and, you know, the buyout and, and last year's free agency when people are like, oh man, maybe the Clippers are the place to go. Maybe the Celtics or, or maybe the Bucks, maybe that's the place that I should go. Now people are going to look around and be like, hmm. Do I really want to play for the Clippers or or do I want to go and try to, you know, repeat, you know, with the Lakers? So I think that's going to be pretty interesting to see how the Lakers kind of retool and, and rebuild. I, I think most of us would agree that there's definitely some of that. Like Danny Green, gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kuzma, gone. Like guys that they were counting on. And this uh. is a team that didn't even have like two of their best perimeter players, Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley. They're going to have those guys back. Yeah. I, you got a you got a hard time convincing, you know, me to to pick against the Lakers next year. 
What do you think about the Warriors? We'll we'll get into the magic, more magic heavy stuff here in a second. But uh, I mean, you, you can't count the the Warriors out. But I mean, like you st- you have Steph, right? You have Clay. You can't convince me that the Draymond that we have now is the 2015 Draymond. It's just it's just ridiculous. But I mean, you got Steph, you got Clay. I still think that the Lakers are going to have the best one-two punch in the league when you look at Anthony Davis and you look at LeBron James. You can move anybody, basically anybody in the league around anywhere, and I'm still picking LeBron and AD. You could put yeah. Giannis on the Clippers and, and ship Paul George somewhere. I'm still, I still say the Lakers have the best one-two punch in the league. People are talking about Jimmy, and they're talking about uh, Giannis potentially in 2021, which would really just suck because I, I hate the Heat. Luke did not understand how much I hated the Heat until really it's the, lot, the later round. It's it's really a lot. It um, is a lot. It's I'm a hater. I I'm not even gonna front. Like I'm a legitimate Heat it's, hater. It's true. I have the text. He's a hater. Yeah, he's got the receipts. But yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, Luke. But like, you could shuffle basically anyone anywhere, and I still think the Lakers have the best one-two punch in the league. And when you look at the the way that these playoffs kind of you know played out. It, it, it all comes down to matchups, and who are you going to match up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? There's nobody. Yeah, that it, it's a problem. It's a Anthony problem. Davis, especially with confidence now. Oh my gosh, is a, is it's going to get scary. It's going to get very scary and uh, quickly. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm interested. I'm excited for next year, despite there not being, you know, too much that's probably going to happen uh, in the off season in terms of many teams. Um, but I'm still excited for that just to see kind of what the, the Lakers can do, what they can build upon, how much more confidence guys like AD have. Um, and for guys that, I mean, the confidence that he needs, uh, to have, he finally probably has it. Um, and then the Warriors, what's their bounce back story? Uh, the Clippers, what's their bounce back story? Cause Holy cow. Um, I'm sorry. I got to jump in here. I meant to say this. Speaking of my hate for the heat and speaking of, of the Warriors, Yes. The day after the finals, Luke, when I saw people comparing Duncan Robinson <laughs> to Clay Thompson, I almost deleted Twitter off of my phone. Yeah, I was with you. Yeah, yeah. That's terrible. That's what we call say it with me, recency bias. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. That's awful. That's uh terrible. Clay Thompson, can you I mean, I'm sorry. I missed the part where Duncan Robinson scored 37 and a quarter. Yeah. I missed that part. Um, scoring like sixty-one points, dribbling the ball like thirteen times. Or I mean, Clay is like that. Just Clay is just one of the best shooters of all time. And Duncan Robinson, yes, he he played well. Uh, he's got a long way to go. Hey, how he, about that Tyler Hero snarl at the end of what was that game five? Man, did that come back to bite that dude? That uh, that just it wasn't talk about all-time cringe. It wasn't good um, at all. I mean, like, you, I saw that, and I was like, mm. I kind of thought Tyler Hero was like, I, I know he can be a dog, and I know that he can be intimidating when he gets going, but he snarled, and in such a big, pivotal moment that he did that, I let out a laugh from my TV. Let it be known, I am not as much of a Heat hater as a lot of Magic fans, Um uh, and I I had been kind of enjoying watching the Heat, and then he did that, and I was like, you don't know what you just did. And then, my, of course, my Twitter was just everything. Everything from, is Tyler Hero the least intimidating player in the NBA? Uh, with that picture. Um, and just so many memes made from that, and it's just, oh, it was yeah. it was 
it was a gift though. It was really funny. It was to, to be able to see that. It made me laugh. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely not a, a great look for him. But when you talk about Clay Thompson, you talk about Damian Lillard. I mean, it's a very short list of, of players that I, I would either take a pay cut at my job or <laughs> po- potentially give up a, an organ um, yeah. to have them play for the Orlando Magic. I mean, it, 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 it's really a, a short list. But yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, right now, Luke, we're about uh, we're recording this October 18th. We're exactly one month away from the NBA draft the next couple of weeks. Luke and I are going to be deep diving into that, look at some of the, the draft prospects that potentially will be available to the Orlando Magic at 15. Luke, there's been some talk again about the Orlando Magic talking to the Knicks about trading for Dennis Smith Jr., uh, which would include some kind of pick swap uh, at 8 and 15. The Magic would jump up to 8. Depending on what a deal like that would look like, I wouldn't hate it really just for the prospect of being able to jump up in the draft a little bit. But I'm I've just been off of the Dennis Smith Jr. train for like literally pre-draft. I was off of the Dennis Smith Jr. train. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've seen those articles there. Um, you yeah. know, when you're up four o'clock in the morning with a screaming baby and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, definitely. I've seen it, and uh, I don't I don't want it. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I'm not interested in in, in in DSJ. Maybe a couple years ago, um, but now I'm good. I got, I got my point guard. I don't. I'm fine. Y'all can have him. Just the one thing I know we, we were clamoring and begging for this last year. I mean, super excited to see Chuma Okiki. Um, you know, him debut for the Magic next year. I think he's going to be able to add a lot to the team. Um, you know, space the floor a little bit. He should be a great defender, probably a pretty decent rebounder as well. Uh, but all of us last year at that draft were just screaming for the Magic to draft some shooting. And it looks like they did with Okiki. He should be a pretty solid shooter. But um, I definitely think we're looking this year at, you know, a little bit more, you know, a guy that's going to be able to create his own shot and shoot pretty well from the three-point line as well. So I've been, you know, I've been looking at a few guys. Um been watching some some YouTube highlights and, and whatnot, but definitely going to get a little bit deeper into that into the, the coming weeks um, as we start getting closer to the draft. So uh, obviously be on the lookout for that. But Luke, uh, you and I, we want to talk some uh, Orlando Magic player grades. So this is a little bit late. Obviously, the Orlando Magic season has been over for, you know, two plus months at this point. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we, you know, we haven't done that. And, um, you know, we thought it'd be a good idea to just kind of go over a lot of that. Um, a couple of guys I think we can get out of the way pretty quickly here, talking about like a Al Farouk Aminu, a guy that we only saw, you know, play 18 games. Other than like a D or an F, Luke, I think we can just kind of throw like a an undecided on Al Farouk Aminu. It felt like he never really got comfortable in the rotation. It didn't really seem the Magic were really sure of exactly what his role, you know, should be. Um, and, and it was just really underwhelming in in the the time that he did play, you know, mostly coming off the bench, 21 minutes a game, 4.3 points, uh, just under five rebounds, an assist, 29% from the floor, 25% from the three point line, just didn't go great. Um, I don't really think we need to get too into the weeds on guys like Josh Majette, Vic Law, BJ Johnson. Emil Anderson. We're really just going to keep this to like the the core guys: DJ Augustine, Mo Bamba. Did you mean Emil Jefferson? What did I say? Anderson. I said Anderson. Emil Anderson. I don't know I mean, who that is. No, I mean, Emil Jefferson. My apologies. Yes, you are <laughs> correct. Um, baby brain. 
Mm. Shout out, uh, team no sleep. But um, all right. So let's let's start with with the man in the middle, Nikola Vucevic. So mm. obviously last year, coming off of his career year, All Star year, signed a hundred million dollar contract in the off season. Uh, last year, averaged twenty point eight points per game, twelve rebounds a game, shot fifty one percent from the floor, thirty six percent from the three point line. Luke, uh, how would you um, really just overall Vuce's yeah. year? And if you want to compare it to last year, you can. You don't have to. Um, I think I'm probably settling around like an A minus with Vooch. Um, his postseason was incredible. Um, I, I, I mean, just as every Magic fan, um, night and Remember day. Remember how bad we wanted the Raptors? It, yes. Yes, I do. We didn't want Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee, like, Vooch just completely shredded them, and we were like, thank God we didn't play the Raptors. Yeah, no, I'm very thankful for that. I, th- I bet Vucevic is also thankful for that. Um, and then it kind of if you look down at his numbers year to year, um, last year as an all-star, I mean, he had a career year, averaged about a point more in a, pretty much every category, um, Twenty one more point per game at 20 points last year and 19 this year. Um, rebounds, it was uh, about 1.1 difference. Um, I mean, so your regular season, you kind of, you kind of got what, what he's going to give you. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great player. Um, and postseason, a guy that I wanted, by the way, gone in the last off season, um, and quickly took that back. Once I realized a, how much I love being in the playoffs in general, um, and B his bounce back this postseason was pretty incredible and was the most valuable player on this team. Yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, compare his off-season, not off-season, regular season numbers to the playoffs. I'm going to I'm going to right there with you. I'm going to give Vooch like a, you know, A, A minus. Yeah. Um just by and large when you look at the entire season was was probably our best player. Evan Fournier, we'll get into that in a minute. Had an incredible regular season and then just completely disappear in the postseason so i i just can't give that title to him i still think vooch was you know the the better overall player for the entire year um but yeah vooch this year um you know 19 points a game uh in the regular season 10.9 rebounds and then in the playoffs just just really took it up to a, a whole nother level he, uh, 20 he did points what per stars game. do did what yeah, exactly you said it many times 11 rebounds a game um, yeah. Shot 40% from the three-point line. I think that was regular season, really the biggest difference with Vooch. You know, last year shooting 36% from three. And then this year, I believe he was right around 34%. Yeah, 33.9% from the three-point line this year. Um, he started off so hot last year in the regular season and then kind of tailed off towards the end of the season, kind of came back down to earth. So those numbers, I think, are kind of skewed. But, I mean people talked about shooters in the bubble. I mean, you don't have to look any further than Nikola Vucevic if you want some evidence of that. You know, shot over 40% uh, in the in the bubble and in the playoffs from the three-point line. Just really the guy just, if you need somebody to bring it every single night, um, you know, it, it was Nikola Vucevic. So, um, yeah. wasn't really sure of the, the re-signing. Um, you, you have to make two decisions there if you're going to regress as a team. But then, you know, if you're looking at Mo Bamba, you know, you need to you needed to know what the plan was going to be with him. We still don't really know what that plan is. 
I think, uh, you know, either next year, you know, this upcoming season, um, you know, or potentially the, the following season, would that, what would that be, the 2022-2023 season? At this yeah. point, we don't know how the calendar is going to work, so I could be wrong. But I think at that point, hopefully – Mo Bamba needs to be ready to to take over, but yeah, I'm right there with you uh, with an A minus on Vooch. Um, next, uh, this it's gonna hurt me to talk about this guy. Let's talk about Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, um, I I still am hurt about this, <laughs> as most Magic fans are. Um, what kind? Of, I mean, the thing is, like, what kind of grade can you give a guy who just like was never healthy? And also a guy who came back, you think he was healthy, and he's kind of playing out of his mind um, right. in the bubble. I think it's pretty unfair to give a guy like him a player grade. Um, I mean, kind of like giving guys like Mo Bamba a player grade. It's like, I don't know. I can give more Mo Bamba more of a player grade than I can like with substance and than J.I., I feel like. Um, but I because I just there's so much unknown with J.I., um, you know, you look at his numbers, um, you know, 12 points a game, 6.8 rebounds, uh, and 1.4 assists, 1.6 steals, 2.3 blocks. I mean, like, defensively, we knew what this guy was. Um, Did we, though? That, well, no. Did we, but, though? Like, but, I, I, I know that we knew he was good, but, like, no, I mean, there were some yeah. games this year where it was just, like, it, it just, he's just like a cheat code. Like, especially yeah. the, the game against in Dallas just destroying, dismantling Chris Alps Porzingis. Like, stuff like that is like, okay, this guy legitimately has a chance to be the best defender in the NBA. Yeah. Like, I felt like we knew he was good, but I, I felt like he took it to another level in the regular season. And I, I know what you're saying. It's so hard to give a guy a grade, like, it, because you just don't know. And, and it's like, at this point, we don't even know what his, you know, long-term availability is going to be. You know, now a, a guy, you know, three seasons in, and, and basically two of those seasons have basically been a wash you know due to injuries yeah pretty pretty decent last year you know what i mean mm -hmm. but you know we saw we saw flashes of what he could be but obviously they say the best ability in sports is availability and yeah. you know we're really going to need that out of him but all that aside I, i'm still going to give jonathan like a b minus you know what we saw was like super high level potential stuff um still has the issues with being kind of inconsistent on offense i think um in the bubble, we saw him being a lot more aggressive, and um, it looked like he had improved his shot-making ability a little bit. But definitely, um, you know, if Jonathan Isaac is going to be like a perennial all-star, obviously the defensive stuff, it's all going to be there. But definitely want to see him eventually get to like 15, 16, 17 points a game eventually if we're going to say like this is the guy that a lot of us feel like he can be. But I feel I don't know. I feel like that's pretty fair, like a B, B minus. If you want to throw a, a C plus in there just because – you know, it's kind of like a, you know, TBD season for him because of yeah. the injuries. But, you know, we saw like a lot of high level stuff out of, out of Jonathan. Yeah. I mean, you could throw me in there with, with your player grade. I don't have a problem with B minus. I might give him a B, B plus even just because of what he was defensively when he was playing. Um, and I wouldn't want to dock him a, any type of grade because of his injuries. But, um, I mean, essentially the docking takes place with, how much would he have improved um, to get to where he could be, um, especially taking all that time off and then playing the way he did in the bubble 
makes me really wonder what happens if he never gets never gets injured on New Year's Day. Um, makes me too sad. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, I mean, I don't know what roster list you're looking at in terms of going down the uh, player grade stuff, but um, do you, would you want to jump into uh, DJ Augustine? Yeah, I mean, you just you tell me you you bring me to water. I'm a drink. Well, you know, DJ Augustine. This is, what, this is what I'll say about DJ, right? So, like, coming off of, like, like we were at an all-time, like, DJ stock, as far as Magic fans go, was, like, as high as it could possibly be, right? Hitting the game winner against Toronto yeah. and then just seeing what the Raptors did to, like, the rest of the entire team. We were, like, I think, like, DJ Augustine in that first game had, like, 18 or 20 points in that, that first half of game one last year, something crazy. And then Danny Green put, like, the locks on him, right? Yeah, hits the game winner. Obviously, you know over you know Marcus All, Kawhi, and all that stuff, and we're all going nuts. And we're like, okay, DJ can do no wrong. You know, DJ's the man. We're gonna see what we can get from Markel Fultz. And then five games in, we turn to Markel and we're like, okay, you're starting. And then the rest of the year, it was just like this really wonky thing that I don't. I feel like the Clifford and the coaching staff really never quite, not not even quite. They never figured out what was the best combination of Michael Carter Williams. DJ Augustine and Markel Fultz as far as who's handling the point guard duties when they're on the floor together and and kind of what that rotation should look like on a given night, right? Um, yeah. So I feel like part of the player grade for this, unfortunately, kind of falls on the position that Steve Clifford put them in. Yeah. Right? Um, but DJ just, for the better part of the season, was just really underwhelming in my opinion, right? So 10.5 points per game. Uh, 4.6 assists, um, which was second, you know, for the entire team, just under Markel Fultz, who was at 5.1. Then we look at DJ's shooting, right? 34.8 percent. We uh, when we compare that to last year, last year he was shooting 42 percent from three. Now I feel like a lot of that had to do with you know his role. Uh, he yeah. was the fourth, fifth option at best uh, in that starting unit last year. Um, most of his three pointers came off of wide open looks. Right. I mm-hmm. think last year he was somewhere like 45 percent or better on wide open three point attempts, which um, le- led the entire uh, the entire league last year um, from open three point like spot up attempts. Um, yeah. And we just didn't see that like a lot of DJ's, you know, uh, shots came um, like off the dribble and, and everything like that, which I think is part of the reason that you saw um, the efficiency from the three point line drop. Um, but it, it just every time DJ was on the floor. Right, mm-hmm. it was either Michael Carter Williams was put in the corner or Markel Fultz was put in the corner, and I just couldn't f- help but have this negative feeling um, every time that DJ was running that second unit because it just felt like he would be so much, and the team would be better served with DJ being the guy spotting up in the corner. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, no, I mean if you look at it just from purely statistics, if you look at it, um, he averaged less in every category this year um granted i mean you look at it he played four less minutes a game but then you get into the inexcusable part which is he shot about the same um attempts a game um pretty much with four less minutes um roughly three or four um but his percentages last year i mean 47 percent from the field 39 and then this year 39.9 to shoot under 40 percent when you've shown us that you can shoot much better than that again yes it plays into the role and all that 
but I don't know. DJ really just left a really bad taste in my mouth this year. Um, and granted, he gave me one of my favorite magic buzzer beaters that I've witnessed um, last year in the playoffs. And so emotionally, there there is a soft spot in my heart for DJ. But DJ did a lot this year um, that made me question um, whether he's a, gr- a good fit for the team. He's uh, last year. DJ would have been a, a very serviceable point guard in the league and um, could kind of just stay in his lane and do his thing. But this year, man, with those numbers dropping, those percentages are really the dagger. I think for really my grade for DJ, um, and I I think that I'm giving DJ a, a C minus. I'm right there with you. I'm at I'm at a C minus. Um, obviously, we're talking about um, you know a guy who is getting up there you know in age um a guy who is you know going to be 32 i believe at the start of next season um Mm -hmm. you know and and we look you know are we going to bring michael carter williams back obviously we know that markel fultz is you know going to be the the point guard of the future you know at least for now um that might change you know at the the time of the draft i hope it doesn't um but this is a guy who's going to be a free agent um you know made seven uh point two five million dollars this year i i just i don't think that we bring dj augustine back um i don't feel Mm -hmm. like he matches like the long-term view i don't feel like he matches the philosophy of of uh of our front office this is a guy that the front office inherited uh you know signed by you know rob hennigan thank you rob uh, yeah i mean hey like you said gave us one of our you know all-time orlando magic moments with that you know buzzer beater against the raptor so you know there's a couple things that maybe we should thank rob for but um yeah i just think uh i think it's it's probably time to move on from dj and um really you know had an underwhelming season whether that's entirely his fault is definitely up for debate i don't think it was um but you know that and you want to talk about the behinds the back behind the back passes that he loves to throw i think most nights uh you know unless it was those games where dj was coming out and giving you 18 19 points you know most people were like all right you know what is what, what have you done for me lately kind of thing so I'm I'm right. right there with you. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give DJ Augustine a, a C minus. So let let's stay on the point guard position, Luke. Let's talk about Markel Fultz. So obviously you can't compare um, anything to last year. You know he didn't play for us last year, but um, just uh, you you can you know qualify this however you want. If you want to uh, you know talk about what you expected from Markel and what he, you know he gave us, or if you just want to kind of talk about it in a vacuum, uh, we can go yeah. either way. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think the angle that I want to take with Markel is, um, obviously this, this year, um, he's had a pretty crappy go in terms of injuries and things like that, as we all know, um, this year was really the, 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 what magic fans are calling the rookie year for Markel Fultz. Um, meaning, you know, you look at what rookies get and their first full healthy season, right? You look at that and you see that they get repetition, they get more experience, um, therefore they improve. He hasn't been able to get that. He hasn't been able to have a flow, um, you know, in in terms of his injury and switching teams and, and all those things and the Magic taking a chance on him. Um, and I'll go ahead and say I'm very glad the Magic did take a, did, did take a chance on him. Uh, unfortunately, there's a, there are some people who were slandering Markel Fultz, you know, in, in the postseason. And um, those people are probably pretty few and far between uh, and just looking to some, for something to complain about. But when it comes to Markel, he, you know, 
you also look at okay, what did it, what what was his postseason appearance like um, this year after having a full first season? His last one in Philly in 2017-18 played three games. Um, obviously, didn't start. Averaged like two points a game. Whatever. Um, he hit pretty much his season averages in the playoffs. Um, of course, I would love for you know Markel to come out and average 15 and eight. Um, in his first season with the Magic, but that's probably just not realistic. It wasn't realistic, and um, Markel, I think, has a really uh, bright future of being a very good guard uh, in this league for a long time. Um, and so uh, I think with all that being said, I was pleased with kind of what he gave us this year. I'd probably put him at a, a B, um, B plus, depending on really how you look at his player grades and, and what you're judging it off of. So in a vacuum, I, I'm right there with you. I'm probably going to give him like a B plus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but just to kind of give like the, the listeners like a different perspective, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about kind of what my expectations were for Markel yeah. and kind of how he performed. Right. So right. I thought maybe he was going to start like somewhere around December. Um, you know, especially after what and that was really. Um, just kind of off of hearsay and, and, and kind of what people were saying, like, you know, Karan Butler was talking about how, you know, Markel was going to be basically starting from like day one, like it was his job to lose everything like that. Um, and just, we saw him, um, uh, you know, in the off season shooting jump shots and everything like that. I was like, okay, so he looks like he's going to be fairly healthy, but, um, it was just kind of hard to gauge how much he was going to play, how much he was going to be, you know, able to play, you know, with the, the shoulder and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, my thing was like, okay, if we can get Markel to come out and score like 15 points a game, like that would just completely blow my mind, right? So for him yeah. to get to, you know, 12 points a game, five assists, three rebounds, guy shot 80, uh, excuse me, 73% from the free throw line. I was look, I'm looking at the, the wrong line here. Um, mm-hmm. But a guy that couldn't shoot free throws to save his life two years ago to shoot 73% from the free throw line better than, you know, like Aaron Gordon, better than, you know, Al Farouk Aminu. We're talking about guys that aren't the best free throw shooters in the world, but this is a guy who literally could not get the ball above his head, you know, a year, you know, year and a half ago. Um, yeah. So for him to be able to do that, I mean, even shooting 26% from the three-point line, even for him to take almost two three-pointers a game, and really you never saw him hesitate to take that shot. If it was there, he was pulling the trigger no matter what, right? So Mm -hmm. all these things that we heard about possibly like with his confidence and everything like that, I never got that feeling, not at a single point this entire year. The only questions with me, with Markel right now, is he the kind of guy who is going to be able to take over games on a regular basis when he really needs to, when he needs to be more aggressive, when he needs to insert him you know, more into the game plan, especially offensively. Um, we saw that at times, you know, against like the Washington Wizards early in the year. Um, we saw that, you know, uh, against the Lakers, that game in L.A., right? Everybody loves to pull up those highlights. We saw it at times, but it's kind of frustrating because a lot of us feel like he has the ability to do that whenever he wants. It's just whether or not he is going to be a guy that has that mentality to be able to do that on a regular basis. So comparing to what we've seen out of Markel in the past and and kind of what the expectations were, I'm going to give Markel like an A. You could, I don't know if I could get to an A plus. You could talk me into like an A minus. Um, B plus is probably where he belongs right yeah. um but when you look at we just had no idea what we were going to get out of this guy um i'm right there b plus a minus maybe even an a right definitely excited to see what he's going to do next year um 
I think this is a huge summer for the front office to really put their imprint on the team. Uh, you talk about a guy, Evan Fournier, who, again, we're, we'll get to in a minute, but uh, has that player option kind of looming there. Are they going to be able to move him on draft night? Are they going to be able to move him, you know, by the, the trade deadline, you know, this season, which in my opinion is um, for a lot of different reasons. You can talk about contract implications. You can talk about just overall fit of the team and, um, you know, just really the, 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 the future vision for this team. The trade deadline this year is is the the longest that we should see Evan Fournier play for the Orlando Magic. Unfortunately for him, um, but I definitely think uh, there should be more of a a role carved out and and more of a speci- specificity. Specific? That, no. Well, I mean specific, but you know specificity <laughs> is that how you would say that? I of, you got me beat. I don't know. I'm trying to use some Stephen A. Smith words here. Give me some credit, buddy. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it just should be more specific in what Markel's role is going to be, especially when it comes to the starters. Um, and if he ever does play in that second unit, you know, he should, in my opinion, should always be the guy with the ball in his hand well, until yeah. he can prove that he's really, you know, and in the bubble. I mean, let's look at what he was shooting, you know, as far as the playoffs go. Markel Fultz shot 37.5% from the three-point line. If that's going to be true, then that really changes the complexion of, you know, what he's able to do while he's on the floor. I hope it's true. Um and you hope that we move on from DJ Augustine, um, and that should hopefully fix. There's a lot of hopefulies here, um, and that should hopefully fix the uh, kind of weird thing where, like you've talked about already, DJ taking the ball up and Markel kind of sitting in a corner, totally his thumbs and hoping he gets the ball. Um, he should be a guy touching the ball every time, every offensive possession. He's a guy that can get to the rim. He doesn't know how good he is. Um, hopefully next year his his confidence takes a huge um, increase and as a result is able to give us kind of the season that, that we hope for. Um, now, Jonathan, we've been going for about an hour now. So I'm who who do you have left on your list that you want to talk about? Um, and obviously the guys we haven't talked about, um, you know, T. Ross, uh, Aaron Gordon, um, and those guys. So um, who are you wanting to get to next? Well, I really quickly, I've looked it up, and it is specificity. That is a word. Thank you very much. Just want you to know that. Um, Yeah, yeah, we're kind of dragging on with some of these here. We can kind of hit some lightning rounds on these guys. Um, Let's talk about Evan Fournier, right? Yeah. Evan Fournier, obviously incredibly underwhelming last season. A lot of us felt like, you know, if, if, if we got the Evan Fournier from the regular season this year, right, if we got that last year, you know, this team probably is probably sniffing like 45 maybe even 50 wins but he was just so bad last year 15 points per game shot 34 percent from the three-point line when you look at this season Evan Fournier as I pull this up here uh Evan Fournier 18 and a half points per game uh shot 39.9 percent from the three-point line um especially when you know uh, Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon missed some time in like November and December the yeah. only reason we were in a handful of those games was Evan Fournier right now with that being said, I am going to give Evan Fournier a C minus. The reason being is because when we needed him literally the most in the playoffs, he completely dropped the ball. 18.5 points per game in the regular season, 12.8 points in the playoffs, shot 34.3% from the three-point line. You just cannot have that. Yeah. Um I I'm I'm probably going C plus for Evan Fournier. Um, and that is solely because his regular season 
really helped him in this case. And he is very lucky that I'm not fully suffering from recency bias or else this man would have the, I'd have to make a new grade uh, for what I think um, he would be an F if I had recency bias on my mind. Um, but trying to be rational. Yeah. I will give him a C plus could definitely be worse. Definitely agree with your C minus as well. I mean, he deserves all of that. That's, it was incredibly bad. What, happened in the postseason um so yeah i'm i'm right there with you i'm in the c range with you um and i'm just ready for him to go but I don't well know let me also remind you and i and i'm not the guy to, that wants to get too into this but i do think there's i think it's i think it's anything right it's definitely something but mm-hmm. i also think it's anything uh-huh. those four games that evan fournier you know had that ucl sprain or whatever it was with his elbow at the end of the what we now know was the regular season right before you know the team was popping off offensively without Evan Fournier unlocked Markel Fultz right yeah and it just looked like overall flow of the offense looked a little bit better so as good as Evan Fournier was at times I still think there's a sense of fan frustration when as good as he did play at times there were also a lot of times where it was like what is this guy doing he's completely killing the offensive flow and offensive rhythm so I can agree yeah. with you. C plus. I'm I'm not going to fight you over that, but um, I think we can all agree that most of us are ready to move on from Evan Fournier. Thank you for your service. Thank you for everything that you've done. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think Evan Fournier um, definitely belongs in the conversation of you know probably top somewhere top fifteen to twenty best Magic players of all time. Right? I think. I mean, I I'd have to go down the list, but he he's probably somewhere around what. 12 13 maybe 14 15 I don't know I'm going to I'm going to plead ignorance but I'm going to say I don't want to agree but I mean I don't know I don't have a list so I uh, sure that's just off the top of my head again I I haven't gone through and made a list I'm I'm really just coming off this at the top of my head but when you talk about like Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier those are two guys who in my opinion have received a at times irrational amount of hate um Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier are right up there with like the best duos that this franchise has ever seen. Not, I'm not, I'm not putting them in the conversation of of like Penny and Shaq. Um, you know, if you want to say like Dwight and Jameer stuff like that, but like the list is very short, right? Like we're talking about best duos in Orlando Magic history. Right off the top of my head, like they're probably somewhere around like five or six. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a short you're saying, list. Don't get you're me saying, wrong. You're saying Vooch and and Evan. Is that what we're talking about right now? Yeah, like Vooch and Evan. Uh, look at the the duos yeah, that we've had I, in Orlando yeah. Magic history. It's it's right. a short list, right? It is. But if you want to talk about a one-two punch, those guys are up there I mean, in terms th- of franchise good. history, and it, and they should yeah. be, you know, they should be appreciated a little bit more, in my opinion, as far as like all-time, you know, Magic players. I mean, we're talking about guys who've played like eight, nine years for the franchise now. If we start looking at like all time numbers, those are guys that are going to be up there. And in my opinion, you got guys that stick around and and invest in a team for that long and and care as much as those guys do. We know that for a fact. Um, you know, I just think they you know maybe should be appreciated a little bit. Here, more. here is what I'll say before we move on to our last one or two player grades. I don't know if you want to do a couple more, but I'm just, you know whatever. Um, what I'll say is yes, they were a good. They are a good duo. Um, however, I think it took away from the opportunities other players were 
it could have been open to. Um, and like you said, when Evan was out, like Fultz exploded in his own right. Um, I just think he, Evan Fournier displays a lot of trust in Evan and in, in, in Nikola Vucevic as he should, but a lot of distrust in the guys around him. Um, right aside from him. So I, I think while the duo is good, I think the magic could be better. Um, and in terms of how many times I feel like Fournier and, and maybe stats don't back this up and maybe I'm just an idiot, but, uh, in terms of Fournier, like looking off guys, um, fixated on Vooch and while Vooch is the best player on the team, I just think that he was like infatuated with Vooch. Um, and it really took away from opportunities that the guys like Markel Fultz and okay. KI. Just a couple of quick numbers to back up what I'm saying. Vucevic is third all-time in points. Evan Fournier is 10th all-time in points. Points per game, Vuce is 6th, and then Evan is top 10. He's he's 10th yeah. at 16 yeah, yeah, points yeah. a game. So they're, it's they're, there. And then when you look at these stats, something that's really depressing is Alfred Payton is by far our all-time franchise leader in triple-doubles. So... Well, I mean, take, it's up take there these with, with a grain of salt. With uh, the year Alfred left and Shelvin Mack was our all, our guy addition dimes with the leader of an assist is like however many assists it was like two assists or something like that a game. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. That that's those are up there in the the sad points of right. Magic uh, franchise history. Um, yeah, no, I mean, great duo, um, good players. Vucevic, great player. Fournier, good. Um, I just think, like I said, that duo really hurt a lot of development. I think. Um, and maybe I'm just being a hater. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so uh, unless you've got uh, another, I've got a couple more response. here. I just give me, give me like your, not even your elevator pitch. Just give me a few words. Cause there's one guy I want to talk about Mo Bamba at a little bit of length. Not crazy. Terrence Ross. What's your, give me your player grade and why? Um, I think T Ross is probably in the, um, I don't know. Maybe the, the, the B, the B range. I'd say maybe B minus, um, kind of on the the cusp here. Um, last year was a contract year for him, so his numbers were he was playing his tail off last year. Um, this year didn't seem to get hot nearly as much. Numbers took a little bit of a dip. With that being said, all that to say, probably B minus. Um, I'm gonna B. Um, just because regular season numbers did drop just a little bit, but as far as the playoffs, guy was our second leading scorer. Now, yeah, I mean says- he was. He shouldn't have been our second leading scorer. He, sh- he um, should not have been, but he's but, another but he guy did. that stepped up in the playoffs. Went yes. um, from fourteen point five up to sixteen point four. Um, the three point efficiency was not there this year like it was last year, um, but still overall had a pretty solid season. Um, so I'm going to give Terrence a, a B, solid. I'm um, solid at a B. How about Aaron Gordon? What's your opinion on Aaron Gordon this year? Um. I'm going to give him I a don't. C plus. C plus. Yeah, last year, yeah, sixteen and, points a game. This year, fourteen point four really didn't take you know any significant leap anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you look at it um, real quick. I'm, I'd give him a B um, solely because I can't help but equate him to try to compare him to guys that have been signed. They they seemed to be on the same trajectory, um, and they are not uh, anymore. Um, a couple of years ago, Levine and Aaron Gordon um, were both averaging about the same a game. I think 17 a game, something like that. Um, you see a guy like Levine um, skyrocket in minutes, skyrocket and everything. Obviously, his team situation is different, but I, I think that they, they get paid about the same. Um, 
and it's just like Levine this year averaging 20, 25.5, shooting 80% from the free throw, um, eight threes a game, 38% from three. And then you go over to Aaron Gordon, who, I mean, the guy's been, I, mean, I don't know. It's just like I, basically. I've been waiting on Aaron Gordon to develop for years now. Um, and other than defensively, uh, he used to be the best defender on the team. Now he's not second best um, by far. It's not J.I. It's not. Um, so that being said, um, him and Levine kind of doing those comparisons. Yes, they're in different team situations, but I mean, it's it's pretty night and day in terms of who I think is better um, amongst the two um, all around. And I, you know, I, I wish that we could have seen Aaron Gordon take that leap. I'm just kind of ready to move on from Aaron Gordon, to be honest with you. The one thing, it does seem like Aaron wasn't really fully healthy for like a pretty solid chunk, especially um, like November, December after he came back. It just never really felt like Aaron was completely healthy. Um, But then, you know, when we get into the the bubble, right, um, not looking all that bad. And then thanks to your boy, Kyle Lowry, and I I say that sarcastically, Mm -hmm. um, takes out Aaron Gordon. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see him in the playoffs. So um, when guys like Evan Fournier didn't – you know, step up or like a DJ Augustine didn't really step up. Maybe we could have seen Aaron Gordon take that leap. So um, a guy that just never really seemed fully healthy this year. So I'm, I'm right there with you in, in the, the, the B range, probably probably B minus, maybe, maybe even a C plus. And the yeah. last guy I, I want to talk about is Mo Bamba, right? Yeah. This is a guy who obviously last year we didn't get to really see a whole lot out of, um, was hurt for the majority of, of that run last year. Uh, as the the magic you know made the playoffs and everything like this um is a guy that i feel like we still haven't seen given a, a fair chance um a guy who showed flashes like specifically thinking back to um the atlanta game had like 15 points in the first half um you know a, a few blocks was really getting after it uh, on the you know the boards and everything like that we know he has potential as a shooter um but again especially at the you know the 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 restart we didn't really get to see much of him at all um, you know, found out that he had COVID sometime in June and then basically was never healthy enough to, to really get um, off of a minutes restriction and really get much run at all. Ended up leaving the bubble to get, you know, further coronavirus testing. But now he seems like he's working out again and, and seems to be pretty healthy. So um, me, Mo, I'm going to give him probably a, a C plus just because we didn't get enough to, to see enough out of him. Uh, I feel like like DJ Augustine, he's kind of a victim of um, you know the roster in a in a yeah. in a sense, um, but you know a, a guy that we really need it's it's put up or shut up time next season with Mo Bamba. We really need to see him take that leap um, if we ever want to you know move on from from Vooch. So what do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking probably a C for Mo. Um, a lot of that isn't his fault. Um, just isn't getting the run. I mean, it's if it's hard to show what you've got if nobody's gonna put you out there. Um, there was a lot of games this year where I was like, Hey Cliff, like, why don't we just toss him out there? See what's up. And Cliff just is, nah, let's put, let's put Birch out there. Um, don't get me wrong. Birch being out there. I mean, sometimes did deserve the minutes over Bamba, but would have loved to see more experimenting with Bamba and the player that he could be. Um, so yeah, that player grade really isn't most fault. Um, a lot of that just kind of falls on, um, personnel and, and coaching and, and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would mostly agree. It seems like with a lot of these player grades, we're mostly in a, in a green. Um, I think a lot of people would, would probably also agree with these. I don't, I don't think like we're really being 
too biased with these. I think maybe it's, with with JI because we love them so much. But yeah, um, I think that there's a. It's. I don't think that there's a. There's not much to disagree about when it came to this team and the roster, and you know, between regular season and postseason. Um, it, all, all things considered, it was a, regre- a regression of a year for the Magic. Um, stunk to see, but whether you can, you know, you can put that on injuries if you want. That's fine with me with Ji and stuff. But other teams experience injuries as well uh, to better players and and don't ne- re- regress necessarily as much as the Magic did this year. So. Um, all that being said, yeah, I, I think that kind of does it for, for what I've got for player grades. But if you've got any more, nope. uh, let me know. But otherwise, I mean, uh, I, we we could talk about guys like, you know, Michael Carter-Williams, you know, a guy that also had his fair share of, of injuries this year, you know, missed a, a decent amount of time. Um, you know, Ken Birch, you know, Wessel Wundu, you know, guys like that. Um, just really for time's sake at this point, I didn't realize how far we had gone over and we've, we've both got newborns as we have uh, stayed in multiple times here. Uh, but no, I mean, what I'm really looking forward to Luke is just now it's the off season. Hopefully we'll start to get some, you know, trade rumors, draft rumors, free agency yeah. rumors, stuff like that. Hopefully we'll get some dates soon. The league still doesn't know when they're going to restart. It sounds like it's going to be somewhere like February, March or something like that. Um, which is really just going to be like a weird off season. Cause that's still like, you know, five months away. Usually we're, we're gone like what, like two, three months. And then we're kind of back into the swing of things. Yeah. Hopefully um, our football teams uh, keep us interested enough and um, keep us occupied till then. You don't have to get into that. I mean, <laughs> I was really excited about the UNC season. Then, you know, they lost to FSU last night. Um, Tough. I know, you know, who knows what's going to happen, you know, with the, with the college football playoff and everything like that. Hopefully your Gators can get back into it. Um, I have a hard time believing that UNC is really going to be able to make too much of a push after what I saw last night Um, and just kind of the way that these things work. Uh, Unless you play in the SEC, you pretty much have to be damn near perfect to have a a shot at making the college football playoffs. So um, that's for obvious reasons. You know, we all know the SEC is the the best conference. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, really, eventually you want to talk about, you know, salaries and and things that the Magic will potentially do this offseason. But, until we get some more information as far as like the salary cap and when all these things are, are going to happen and start to hear some more rumors, really not too much to go on. But um, yep, and we got like you said, we got the the draft in a month, so we'll be uh, looking forward to breaking down that with you, you know, with you guys, and we'll do our research on our end um, and hope you guys enjoy those episodes that will be coming here in the next month. Um, there are some guys that I'm a little interested in uh, around that 15 spot. Um, and, you know, we'll give our opinions on if we would, you know, deep dive into trading our pick and, and what that will look like. So, Well, there is one thing that is for certain, Luke, whoever we want, we know the Magic won't draft it. It's true. That's just how it happens every single year. So It's true. But, yeah, we don't have anything else. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, long episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, keep coming back. We will be back um, the, uh, you know, the, the Mondays to come. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!